Ruth 2, 1-13. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, Who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes' rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting, and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly, and when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. We are in a series on the book of Ruth about the romance of redemption. I said to you last week there are two books in the Bible that bear the names of women, and both of those books are written in a drama sort of um, arrangement. We, in that drama, if it were a stage drama, uh, it is a true story, by the way, but if it were a stage play being put on, what we saw last week was chapter one, which would be act one. That is a time, oh, I don't have my screen. Thank you. Okay, so last week was a time to weep. And this week, we're talking about a time to work, a time to work. Um, that's not what I Okay. So this time, Act 2, Chapter 2, is a time to work, a time to weep and a time to work. And what we're going to see in Chapter 2 are the activities of four different characters in the story. We're going to start with Ruth. We're going to look at her work, a work of faith. Um, her work was gleaning in the fields. By the way, that's a, there's a separate sermon in that. It was God's way of providing for poor people, people who could not have their own fields, people who could not make a living in any other way, rather than sitting on the corner begging for people to give you something, the, those who were over the harvest would, were prohibited from going back over the fields to pick up whatever they had missed. Those who had 
olive trees would shake the trees and pick up all the olives, but they were prohibited. It was against the law of God to go back and shake the trees again and pick up any more of what's left over. Instead, those things, that was God's way of providing for the poor. By the way, an honorable way, because they're actually working. They, they are not just begging they are actually working, and there was provision for this in the plan of God. That's what Ruth is talking about. When she asked for permission to do this, she was following the law of God and the plan of God. I want you to notice about Ruth and her work that she was humble. It says, and she said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. She was not too good to glean. She was willing to go out and work, and she was humble enough to ask her mother-in-law's permission to do that. This was, she was not rebellious. She honored her mother-in-law. Not only that, she was humble in that she asked the, the master in charge of the harvest. This would have been Boaz, number one man, she asked him, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. Now she realizes she's from Moab. She's a foreigner. And she might, anybody might say, no, you're a foreigner. I will not allow you to glean in my fields. She asked humbly for permission to glean. I like saying that. She was not too good to glean. We live in a day, right now, there are so many jobs. There are businesses that are having to close their doors because people are too good to glean. That's a problem for our nation. They would rather be paid to not work than to work. Listen to me. Hard work is honorable. Hard work pleases God. Young people... Don't ever be afraid of hard work. Be willing to work hard and, in fact, make yourself absolutely necessary to the boss and you will have job security. Work hard. She was humble. She was not too good to glean. And God blesses those who have a servant's heart. Notice she was optimistic. I like that. Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. Get this, after him in whose sight I shall find favor. You realize she could have been negative about this. I mean, she could have said, Keith, nobody's going to give me anything. Nobody will allow me to glean. I'm a foreigner. I'm downtrodden. I'm, I'm just miserable, and I'm going to make everybody else miserable, and I'm negative, and that's just the way I am, and you can't do anything about it. Know somebody that way? Amen. Bunch of them. She believed that someone would invite her. She had an optimism, Kim, that was indefatigable. She, she would not be put down. I'm going to glean, and I trust that someone, I'm optimistic, I believe someone 
will help me. Be careful about negativity because it might just keep you from discovering God's plan for your life. Who, me? God has a plan for me? Absolutely. It begins with salvation. And then it goes from salvation to church membership. If you're not a member of a church, you ought to be. And if you're under the sound of my voice, that probably, probably means you ought to be a member here. Well, I'll excuse Katie. I mean, Jer Jeremy might not be very pleased if Katie was a member here. And, but you may miss God's purpose for your life because of your negative attitude. She was optimistic. Not only that, she was industrious. You know, I, 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 three times I got rid of that word, but there's no better word, Nancy, than to say she was willing to work hard. I mean, industrious says it all. She was willing to work hard. That steward of the harvest said to Boaz, she came and she's continued from early morning until now, which is lunchtime, except for a short rest. She was a hard worker. She was industrious. Listen, hard work is honorable. Laziness, not so much. Be a hard worker. Have the heart of a servant. Okay, so the, Ruth is the first character. God is the second character who's at work in this story. And I want you to notice his work of providence. The providence of God. That is God working sometimes unseen in the background. And yet the evidence is there of what he's doing in our lives. Notice that he took Ruth to the right field. She set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers, reapers and she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. She came to her family's field. He was a close relative. He was a kinsman redeemer. We're going we're gonna to spend more time about that next week. And, but in the providence of God, Joe, he took Ruth to the right place. She didn't know. She went to a field, and in the King James Version, I think it says it was her hap to come to Boaz's field. That means, oh, it just happened. Donna, it wasn't she planned it. It just happened. Listen, there are a lot of things in our lives that just happen, and we would say that it was happenstance. That's where that, it was her hap. It was happenstance. We would say it's just luck. I don't believe in luck. I believe in the providence of God. He is in charge and he can work in our lives. And he, even though Naomi said last week in the message, did you notice she said, God has abandoned me. He's against me. But God's still at work. Listen, you may think that God's given up on you. And I'm telling you, he has not He's still at work in your life, and He wants your soul. He wants your service. Don't ever forget that. The providence of God took her to the right field, and took her to the right field at the right time. Because at that very moment, when she is coming in for lunch, and she probably has nothing for lunch, 
And yet she comes in at the exact time that Boaz is showing up. Alan, I don't, I don't know if he was there. You know, what, what else is he doing? Is he somewhere else? Has he come in to the field from Bethlehem? That seems to be the, the indication. He came in from Bethlehem. And, but he came at the time that he met Ruth. God's timing is immaculate. It is without error. His timing, by the way, may not be our timing. That's the difficulty. We want things according to our timing. By the way, she's been at work half a day, right? Uh, might have been nicer if he had, Boaz had shown up first thing in the morning. But God's timing is always perfect. If that had been the case, you realize that the steward of the harvest could not have said what a good hard worker she is. She had had time to prove herself and to gain honor. And then Boaz shows up at just the right time. Not only did she get the right time, she got the right attention. Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? She caught the eye of Boaz. Now, if you think I mean something else, I do. I think he not only noticed her, I think she caught his eye from the very beginning. And then everything he heard about her from that point on just made her more attractive to him. She got the right attention. Listen, God's work of providence is working in our lives whether we realize it or not. Let me tell you, it, it may frighten you for me to say His work of providence is working in your life, but he, you can trust God. You can trust God to do what is best for you and to His glory. Don't forget that. Okay, we've talked about Ruth. We've talked about what God's doing. Now, the third character we're going to talk about is Boaz. And notice his work of grace. Boaz, by the way, is a picture, a type, so to speak, of Jesus Christ. When we talk about the kinsman redeemer, the most important kinsman redeemer of all is Jesus Christ. And the things that are said about Boaz can also be said of Christ. First of all, he was kind. Notice that he was kind to his workers. Boaz came from Bethlehem and he said to the reapers, The Lord, that is by the way Jehovah, that's Yahweh. The Lord be with you. And they answered just as gracefully, The Lord bless you. I like it when I see a boss, someone in charge, who treats their workers well. That's the kind of boss I would hope you would be. That's the kind of boss that you hope for, right? That's kind, that speaks to you gently, who speaks to you with blessing and, and not sharply. He was kind. Not only was he kind to his workers, he was also kind to Ruth. Now listen, my daughter, do not go glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. He treated her kindly. He spoke to her gently. He was dealing with her by grace. Not only that, but he was protective. Again, keep close to my young 
women. Don't go to another field. Stay here. Work in my field. Don't go to another field. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. He is protective. He's kind and he is protective. Not only that, but he was encouraging. She fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me, and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord, again, Jehovah, Yahweh, repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. He was protective of her. He pronounced a blessing. By the way, it's not in my sermon notes. I won't charge you any extra for this. But one of the things that I see in the Old Testament that we don't have really in our culture is pronouncing a blessing. That is huge in the Old Testament. That a father would pronounce a blessing on his son. That a mother would pronounce a blessing on the daughter. That pronounced blessing is honored by God and it is heart-giving. It is encouraging to those who receive it. We send flowers to the funeral. What we ought to do is bless people while they're still alive and while we're still alive. Give a blessing. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. Give a blessing. He was encouraging. But He was also generous. At mealtime, Boaz said, Come here and eat some of the bread and dip your morsel in the wine. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves. Now, do you understand what that means? They're out there gleaning and they're making, uh, they're gathering sheaves, putting together bunches of, of the grain. And the those who glean are supposed to stay back and only pick up the, the pieces that are left lying on the ground. He is saying, allow her, if she wishes, to come and pull some of the grain, even from the shocks, the sheaves, that you've put together. And do not reproach her. And also, get this, Pull out some from the bundles for her and leave it for her to glean and do not rebuke her. I think, Charles, in the King James, it says a handful on purpose. A handful on purpose. That is a, an amazing thing. Pull out a handful on purpose and leave it for her. Man, that's generous. By the way, there is a practical application for that. I like the fact that they gave them work to do. It was not just a handout. And the way that Boaz chose to give to her and be generous 
was to drop handfuls on purpose so that she would get more than she otherwise would. I think we ought to be looking for ways to leave handfuls on purpose. That's not a handout. That is sort of an underhanded generosity or a secret way to help somebody and they don't realize that you're doing it or maybe they do handfuls on purpose i think i could preach an entire sermon on handfuls on purpose but i see the clock i won't do it instead the real test of our character is how we treat people who are under our power or authority how do you speak to the waitress in the restaurant how well do you tip her remember handfuls on purpose don't you dare give her or him a gospel track unless you're going to tip at least 20 percent 20 percent minimum handfuls on purpose how do you treat people who are helping you, who are serving you? Do you express appreciation? Do you encourage them? Do you bless them? Then we're down to Naomi. The thing is, I'm talking about restored hope for Noemi. Noemi. That's, that's sorry, that's Spanish. For no, Naomi. By the way, I, I just honored someone who passed away 10 days ago from COVID. Walter Goulding's wife, Noemi, died of COVID in San Jose, Costa Rica 10 days ago. She deserves to be honored. Great missionary's wife. Naomi had her hope restored, and it was God working, it was Ruth working, and it was Boaz. It's not what Naomi did, it's what others did. She has said, God is against me. But now, as she sees what God has done in Ruth, what God has done through Boaz, now her story has changed. Listen to me. God wants to change your story. If you've got a story that is one of fear and not faith, God wants to change your story. God wants to change your life. He wants to draw you close to Him. He wants to work powerfully in you and through you. God wants to change your life. He changed Naomi's life. Instead of being negative, instead of thinking that God was against her, he blessed the man. Her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Don, she's pronouncing a blessing now. Instead of speaking against God, instead of being negative, she's pronouncing a blessed. Blessed the man. Then she blessed the Lord. May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Now you're going to read that and say, no, he's not, she's not blessing the Lord. She's asking the Lord to bless Boaz. Read the rest of the sentence. 
whose kindness, the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. There's a revelation there that God is still working in her life. Carol, she thought God had just totally abandoned her. And now, because of what she's seen in Ruth and in Boaz, she sees that God is still at work. She blessed the man, she blessed the Lord, and she blessed the plan. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. She was a Moabite, Moabitess. And so she could be attacked if she went to someone who was not friendly. And Naomi has already said, this is one of our kinsmen redeemers. There were only two. There are only two men in Bethlehem that qualified for that. And God in his providence took Ruth to the right place at the right time. And seeing that, seeing the work of the Lord and the providence of God totally changed the mind, the heart, and the outlook of Naomi. Listen, God wants to change your heart. God wants to renew your mind. It may be that you've pulled back from God. Maybe you haven't been serving Him. Maybe you have not been faithful to Him. Listen, He came here to meet with you today, and He wants to change your life. Come back. Do you see Him working? I believe with all my heart that you are in this building under the sound of this sermon by the plan and the purpose of God. He's working whether you recognize it or not. And I would ask you, would you give in to His work. The Spirit of God is convicting. The Spirit of God is drawing. He's asking for a commitment and a decision from you to trust Him as Savior. Give in to His Spirit. Call on Christ for salvation today. He is calling you to service. Give in to the leadership of the Spirit of God. Answer His invitation. There are people here who need to be saved. I know that. Would you be saved today? We're going to have an invitation in just a moment. And it's your opportunity to come and let me pray with you to show you how you can be saved. There are people here who need to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. I know that. And I would ask you, is that what God is calling on you for? Is that what He's drawing you to right now? Why would you hold back? Give in to the conviction of His Spirit. There are some who need to come for membership. Some who need to come back for membership. Some who need to move their membership. Would you do what God wants you to do? We would welcome you in any way that we can, scripturally so, if you would just come. I want us to stand and bow our heads. Father, in this moment, I pray that you would speak to hearts and change lives. Moved by your Spirit in this invitation, Father. Draw those to the front 
draw those to the altar who need to make decisions right now to your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.